Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout out to the reform members of Back to Ashes. Tavia S., Tina Mead, Cindy Cleveland, Patty's niece, Samantha Place, and Interscare Wifey. The rest of the membership will be displayed right here on your screen. Thank you all so much for supporting Back to Ashes. If you would like to become a member of Back to Ashes or like what you are hearing and would like to support me by buying me a coffee, all of that information can be found in the description below. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Scary Home Alone Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. I had just moved into my first apartment. It was around 8.30 p.m. and I heard the doorknob moving like someone was putting a key in it and turning and knocking. At first, I got really excited that my then-boyfriend was home, but then realized it was only 8.30 and he was due home from work at around 10.30. So I looked out the kitchen window and didn't see his car or anyone's car I had known parked outside. That's when I panicked. The doorknob kept moving for a few more seconds and then stopped. A few minutes later, they had some piece of metal they were sticking between the door trying to open the door. I freaked out at that point and locked myself in the bathroom with a knife and called 911. They tried to pry the door open for about three minutes before they stopped. The police surveyed the area and found an elderly man roaming around with a knife and a crowbar. He used to live in that apartment, and he wanted his stuff back that we stole when we moved in. I was told he was really delusional. I'm so thankful and glad I didn't answer the door once I realized it was no one I knew. To this day, my heart stops when someone knocks on my door. I live in a cul-de-sac. My bedroom is on the second story. I woke up one night at around 3 a.m. to go to the bathroom. I knew we were expecting a lot of snow. I looked out the bedroom window to see the accumulation. It was pretty deep, higher than the curb, like a white blanket across the cul-de-sac. I decided to get some water, so I walked downstairs, turned the light on, went to the bathroom and got water. Was downstairs maybe four minutes. I went back to my bedroom, all lights were out again, and I looked at the snow one more time. Within those four minutes, there were now fresh footprints leading from my house across the cul-de-sac and disappearing behind my neighbor's house. A couple years ago, I was home alone. The husband was traveling out of state. I put on the news on the Samsung smart TV in the living room. 
set the remote on the coffee table, and went into the kitchen next room over to make dinner. After a few minutes, I noticed I don't hear the sound of the news anymore, and I thought maybe the signal went out or the TV timed out and shut itself off. I come back into the living room, and the TV screen is showing a picture of a couch in the living room. My living room. Takes me a minute to realize the camera in my TV has been activated, and it's showing a live video of the room. The remotes were still on the table, so no chance the dog accidentally stepped on them and pushed the buttons or anything. A few days later, news broke that Samsung smart TVs had a hacking issue. Guess the real mystery is how often I was spied on before I put tape over the camera. It was January in Minnesota. There was about a foot of snow on the ground, and my parents were out at a bar, and my brother was at a friend's house, but would come back later. I was in the living room watching TV, and I heard a small knocking coming from the basement. So I walked down to investigate all over the basement to find... nothing. Not thinking much of it, I walked back upstairs to the living room to continue watching TV. About five minutes later, I hear a loud crash from the basement and what sounded like a door opening. At this point, I was pretty worried. I started to make my way down the stairs, terrified, and as I went down, I thought maybe my brother was home without me knowing, so I called his name. Nothing. I called again, and nothing, so I kept slowly moving down the stairs, only to find that there were drawers open in desks boxes open, and a few plastic bins and containers, all knocked down and tipped over. But worst of all, my back glass door wide open with footprints leading out the door. I shut it, called my parents, and when they came home, my mom called the police while my dad followed them. According to him, they went over my fence and to the road behind my house where they stopped. My guess is he was picked up but we and the police never found out if it was planned or just a random house they picked to rob. Absolutely terrifying. I was watching TV on the couch with the dog at around noon or so. Suddenly she perks up. The hair on her back stands on end and she began snarling at the corner of the room. This dog, who was a previous abuse victim and scared of her own shadow, hesitant to ever bark or attack, was in a position to lunge. Right at that moment, I hear clear, defined footsteps walk from my roommate's room across the hall, right in my line of vision. No one is there, but I'm looking directly at the source of the sound. The dog is on the defensive, but her tail is tucked between her legs at the same time. Immediately following this, the room got really cold for a few seconds, and it took her a while to lay back down. Never had any other paranormal experiences in that house, nor really ever in my life. The exception being a house I nannied in for a while. The suddenness of it really freaked me out.
My parents started leaving me and my sister home alone when I was 13 or 14. Of course, the rule was not to let anyone know we were alone and not to let anyone inside the house. One night, there was a knock at the door. I went to the door and tried to look out, but I couldn't see anything. We couldn't pretend we weren't there because the lights and TV were on. I opened the front door a crack, thinking that the person would be behind the screen door, but that wasn't the case. There was a man, late 20s or early 30s, standing in the doorway. I shut the door quickly and told him to get behind the screen door. He obliged and I cracked the door. Yes, I wasn't very smart. And of course latched the screen door. He told a story about his vehicle breaking down and his need to use a phone. I said I couldn't see a car and he indicated it was further down the road. I asked why he walked past the two houses right next door to one with no car in the driveway, and he became agitated. Here's a general recollection of the conversation. Him. Look, are you going to let me use the phone or not? No, my dad is sleeping, and I can't let you go in his room to use the phone. Okay, bring me the phone out here and I'll use it. I'm not letting you in the house. Just bring the phone to the door. It won't reach. Please leave. Ugh, okay. I shut the door and lock it. While my sisters and I are talking about how scary that was, the side door handle jiggles. He knocks and says, Will it reach to this door? At this moment, I tell him to go to the neighbor's house and use their phone. He started to yell. I bet your dad's not there. Let me in. I want to talk to him. I said, fine, I'll go get him. I then went into my dad's room and got a shotgun. I came out, racked it, and said, here, meet my dad. The guy started cursing and calling me names, but he left. Or at least that's what I thought. He had actually gone around to another door and tried that one. Our dog, who was outside at the time, began barking at him. He proceeded to do something that made the dog yelp and cry out. I screamed out that I was calling the police, and he finally left. I felt really stupid for the entire interaction. I don't know if he was just a guy who needed a phone, but the whole experience was creepy, and I was obviously ill-prepared for dealing with that situation. One day, alone in my apartment, I decided to order the delivery service. Ordinary story, right? It was still utterly ordinary, as the delivery arrived in the lobby and I rode the lift down to fetch it on the basement floor. After that, I walked to the lift to return upstairs. To my delight, the lift had already opened and a man was already in the lift, holding the door and waiting for me. I waltzed in with my food bag, smiled at him, and tapped my card on the card reader. It didn't work. The man then asked me, What floor? Fifth floor. Oh, what a coincidence. I'm on the same floor. He tapped his card and pressed the button for the fifth floor, as I made a mental note to ask about my broken card at the apartment office. 
We rode in awkward silence for a few seconds until we heard a ding and the door open. We walked out. I felt a very unfamiliar, unsettling sensation, but I couldn't point out what it was. Trying to shrug it off, I walked down the corridor to my unit, taking the usual turns. Turn right once, then turn left until I hit the corner. My unit wasn't there. I stood there stunned for a few seconds before I sprinted back to the lift and retraced my steps. But yes, the unit wasn't there. Then I realized something. The entire hallway was introverted. The usual left is now right and the usual right is now left. This is the reason of my feeling wholly disturbed. This hallway, this world, is a mirror image of my usual world. Still not understanding what happened, I backed into a corner and tried to make sense of whatever happened, feeling incredibly terrified and unsettled. What the hell am I experiencing? So, yeah guys, in an utterly anticlimactic conclusion, it was because I was in the wrong tower. I wasn't used to the basement floor where I picked up my food, so I took the wrong turn and used the lift for the other tower of my twin apartment towers. That's why my car didn't work, and that's why the entire hallway was inverted. But shit, before I realized that this might be the case, that was among the most terrifying moments of my life. I was scared later, but not at the time. My husband was off participating in a golf tournament in Las Vegas. I was home alone with a 13-year-old dog and a 13-year-old cat. They slept in one bedroom together. I slept in another. I woke up on Saturday morning, walked out of my bedroom, and realized that someone had been in my house during the night. While I slept. The lights were on. Even the light to the attic was on. Some of the paintings on the walls had been moved off plumb. They were moved more than 30 degrees off plumb. I checked the front door. It was unlocked. I usually lock that door, but for some reason that night I forgot to do it. Whoever had been in the house wanted me to know they had been there. I felt like someone who had dodged a bullet. It made my blood run cold when I realized a stranger, most likely a man, had been in the house while I slept. I was not surprised that the dog had stayed quiet. She was very friendly and had reached an age where she had no energy at all. There is a second lock on the front door. We do not use it during the day because we come and go a lot. But my routine now is to always make sure that extra bolt is engaged before I go to bed. We were married and had our two children in the 90s. My husband and I struggling to put food on the table and paying the bills on time. We didn't have any credit cards to worry about because we weren't making enough money to have them. We found a house to live in a defunct, economically depressed neighborhood. It was just barely considered a ghetto, 
just barely. There was a lot of people that did drugs and thefts to cover the habit that they had. It was a bad place to live in, but we had neighbors that looked out and cared for one another. There was a neighbor that had shady dealings that was living there. I have to tell you this, though, he was one of the best neighbors we've ever had. He took care of the houses on that block. One time, he said to us, You don't eat where you shit. Meaning, he wanted a safe neighborhood for his family, too and he wasn't going to let any of his clients ruin the neighborhood. My husband couldn't find any jobs that paid well, so he worked in construction. He was very tired at the end of the day. I was taking care of my children, getting up in the morning to put in some hours in a bakery, helping the owners get ready for the day, then coming home and making breakfast and walking my son to school, doing housework until I passed out. We did this for two years. Looking back, I just couldn't understand that a woman walking alone to her job in the wee hours and not getting mugged or worse. I think everyone must know that my dirty angel, aka my neighbor, was a predator. I like to think of him that way. One night, we were exhausted. I mean, we couldn't go anywhere. We all went to bed early, around 7 in the evening. Still light enough to not get a good night's sleep, but we zonked out. We woke up in the morning, and what was in our front yard? Police cars, two tow trucks, ambulances, reporters, people, and a body that was covered up in a yellow tarp by the side of our yard by the driveway. There was our neighbor. I'm so glad that you didn't open the door last night. I'm so glad that you didn't do that. I was worried about you and Juanito. That's what he called my baby boy, by the way. That night, when we went to bed, a man's wife met her boyfriend at the front of our house and was doing the deed when her husband snuck up to the couple and shot them in the car, dead. Her husband then went to the door and tried to bang and kick the front door in, screaming and yelling for us to open the door. When the door wouldn't give, he then went to our side door, which was a French door, and tried to get in that way. We just didn't understand how that man could not get into the house. I mean, you could see the marks and imprints of his shoes on the door. The French door had glass panes in it. They should have been broken. Here's where it gets a little fuzzy. The man shot himself, and he happened to have shot himself by our driveway. The neighbors didn't call the police until the sun was just peeking out in the morning, so the dead man was lying there in our yard until daybreak. We didn't hear anything. We slept right through it all. My husband told me to quit my job, and he moonlighted at a local grocery store. We moved out that year. We still ate plenty of potatoes and day-old bread. I remember a $5 pizza from Little Caesar was our fine dining experience. I get so damn angry when my sister-in-law says that we always had money and we didn't have to be worried about anything. We had it so easy. You know what? I could literally just bite her. I wasn't technically home alone. 
My friend was spending the night at my house while our parents stayed the night at a resort about an hour away. I say technically because she fell asleep at around 11 p.m. I was 15 at the time. She was 14. I was still up watching low-budget sci-fi movies on TV and eating cold pizza as it neared 1 a.m. I started getting a really weird feeling. I couldn't put my finger on it. I just felt uncomfortable. I ignored it for a while until it got unbearable and I realized that it felt like someone was watching me. My dad had been fixing some windows around the house during the day and had removed a bunch of the blinds, making for an unobstructed view into the house. But we lived in a quiet suburban neighborhood at the time, so no one thought anything of it. I got up to walk around, trying to take my mind off what I was feeling. But as I neared the window on the other side of the living room, where I'd been sitting all night and my friend was still sleeping, I saw something weird on the glass. A foggy spot, maybe six inches in diameter. And it was getting bigger, then shrinking, then growing again every second. At the time, I was so wired with paranormal that I couldn't figure out what it was. I put my face just an inch from the window, studying it, and called out for my friend. I told her to hit the switch for the security lights. The foggy spot was breath, and I was staring into a man's face just on the other side of the glass, only centimeters away from it. My friend ran into the kitchen, screaming, while I stumbled backward in shock. I scrambled for my phone and called my parents and grabbed the knife still on the coffee table from dinner and held it up in a shaking hand. He pressed his palm against the window, still staring at me, and then disappeared into the dark. My neighbors, shotguns in hand, showed up in less than two minutes. My parents had called them and stayed with us until our parents arrived. No one found anything of the man except for footprints in the garden bed. We ended up moving a few months later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This was a very traumatic experience for me, and it took me quite some therapy to get back on track. My family was on vacation, and I stayed home so I could do my own things. Two friends and I had planned to meet up and bake pancakes, watch a movie, and just have a good time. We were having fun baking until the doorbell rang. My friend, we'll call her F, went to open the door and I followed her because it was my house after all. It was a short guy in a dark blue sweater and gray sweatpants. He said he had a meeting with my dad. Now, I knew this wasn't right. My dad doesn't work with guys his age, let alone do they come to our house when my dad is on vacation. 
I told the guy he must have had the wrong address and that he should try the next street. This is where it starts to get creepy. He insisted I go with him, to show the way. I refused, not wanting to go out in the dark with a complete stranger, whom I already found suspicious. He insisted again, and I told him no again, and started to close the door. He stuck his foot between the door and stepped inside. He grabbed my middle, squeezed me, and said, Do you want sex? I don't know where the sudden bravery came from, but I managed to push him outside and close the door. I told my friend to lock it. I started shaking all over. Couldn't even cry. After I had somewhat calmed down, we called the police. They came by, and that night I stayed at my other friend's house, spending the night in blind terror. After that I got scared. Of literally everything. I couldn't open the door, answer the phone, or go outside without being afraid of getting attacked, killed, or sexually assaulted. An arm around my middle, something that wasn't odd for friends to do, would give me a panic attack. It's been over two years, but I still feel the panic whilst writing this. Don't trust strangers. This is my wife's story. We moved into an older home several years ago after spending years in apartments. We moved to a small town where we didn't really know anyone. We had recently decided to become foster parents, and our friends and family had sent us a lot of stuff to set up our home for kids. I was working second shift and didn't get home until around 11.30 p.m., one night I came home to find my wife sitting on the porch, reading a book and freezing herself as it was only 30 degrees that evening. I walked up and asked her what was happening. She said she had been sitting in the living room and she was getting freaked out by the quietness of the house. Right at that time, she was going to head to bed. She heard a childlike voice say, Peekaboo, ha ha, I see you, from the back of the house. At that point, she ran outside, sat on the porch, and waited two hours for me to get home. Upon investigating, I discovered that one of our cats had walked onto a toy that someone had sent us. When we clicked the big red button, we heard, Peekaboo, ha ha, I see you. After mumbling an embarrassed apology, she headed off to bed. Late one night, I was in bed reading. So, what's new? My husband slept peacefully beside me. Thankfully, he can sleep with the light on when I go on one of my reading marathons. My open bedroom window was an arm's length away from my left side. Suddenly, the curtain twitched, but not in the way a breeze would stir them. I lowered my book, then lay very still watching as the curtain was pulled aside. An African man's head and shoulders came into view. I jumped out of bed in alarm, asking, What's so die? Which means, what do you want, or what are you looking for? He replied that he was looking for food. I told him to wait there, I would get him some. 
Like an idiot, I actually went to the kitchen and got him something to eat. Naturally, when I returned, he had fled the scene. Only then did reality set in. He was a burglar looking to gain entry to our home. My husband slept through it all. My fiancé and I purchased a foreclosed home in a not-so-great neighborhood a few years back. We ignored the area because of the great price, but now realize we were idiots because of things like this. I'm lying in bed, barely awake while watching TV. Fiancé is still at work, so I can't sleep. It's 2 a.m. and I'm barely dozing to the crime show that was on when I hear scratching at the window. The window that was one foot away from me while lying in bed. I remember thinking, damn squirrels, when I heard the squirrels start cursing and mumbling. Then the sound of a screwdriver lifting the window frame starts up. I start screaming bloody murder that I have a gun and I'm calling the cops. The scratching noises stop and by the time the cops got to my door and searched the yard, there was no one there thinking, oh great, they think I'm crazy now. I thank them, and as they're walking back to their cruisers, their radios all started going off at once that there was another break-in reported in my neighborhood. The officers go scrambling off, and I slam the door and lock it, once again freaking out. I go get back in the bed to wait for fiancé to get home. He calls on his way and wants me to stay on the phone with him until he gets there. I hear loud footsteps on the wooden shed ramp in our backyard and say, Oh good, you're home, and hang up, walking to the back door. He called me straight back and told me he still wasn't even in the neighborhood, so once again, I'm calling 911 and losing my shit. He and the cops got there at the same time and searched the yard again. Apparently, they'd been getting calls all night about some meth head trying to break into the same few houses all night with a screwdriver. They'd been one step behind him the whole night and had cruisers everywhere. Oh, and the cursing at the window? One of the officers went to the bedroom window and saw the screen removed. Meth whiz had disturbed a huge wasp nest when he took the screen off, and my tiny little wasp defenders saved the day. Oh, and in case you're wondering, yes, we are currently house hunting. This is sadly not a one-off. Last year, I was renting a house in a small, economically depressed old mining town in Appalachia. I lived alone. On one of the first warm nights of spring... I awoke at around 4 a.m. to the sound of my doorknob turning. I figured someone must have the wrong address, but it kept turning persistently. I didn't have a peephole or window to see who was outside, so I just approached the door from inside and yelled, Wrong place, buddy. Then the door started shaking violently, and a hand began punching it. I tried one last time. Wrong place. Go away, man. Someone on the other side growled at me and started making horrifying noises like a wild animal. 
I grabbed a kitchen knife and called the police, then waited inside. About ten minutes later, there was a knock on the door. I opened it cautiously to see an officer who questioned me about the incident. Then, he asked me to close it again and remain inside. Again, I couldn't see what was happening out there, so I just turned out the lights and waited quietly with a knife in my hand. For about twenty minutes, there was just silence. Then, out of nowhere, my living room window screen started to get pushed inside and the curtain started to move. The guy was pushing out the screen and trying to climb inside. I held up the knife and yelled, I'm going to kill you, in my most threatening voice possible. Thankfully, I immediately heard, Get on the ground! Show me those hands! Heard another horrible wail from outside, as the guy was presumably tackled and taken to a police car. A few minutes later, another knock at the door. The officer was back to tell me that the suspect had been captured. This guy was a uniformed cop, but he was visibly trembling and super pale. I still hadn't seen what the intruder looked like. The next day, I ran into the officer while he was off duty. We live in a small town. And he told me that the suspect had told them his name was Jason Voorhees. He was probably a meth addict or some other type of drug user. Those habits don't go well with delusions involving slasher film characters. So this one night, I was enjoying a relaxing evening at home. We lived on a ranch about 25 miles from town, with my only neighbors being my grandparents, who were very old. I was sitting in my room watching YouTube, when I heard a heavy creak on one of the steps outside my window. I paused my video and stared at my window, closed the blinds, knowing that all I have to do is open them and see what it is, but I ignore it. After a minute, I hear three more, heavy steps. Sounds like the bottom of boots on wood. I spring out of bed and into the hallway while calling my boyfriend. I frantically explain the situation, quietly, and he asks me a simple question. Are the dogs even barking? No. I have three white labs, all in the main room, that have a clear sight of the back porch. I let out a sigh of relief and hang up the phone. The second I end the call with my boyfriend, my dogs absolutely go wild, barking, baring teeth, hair standing up and all. I ran to my room and called my boyfriend again, telling him to get home immediately. My dogs bark for maybe another few seconds, and then they stop. We never found out what was behind the blinds. Rented a cheap bi-level duplex in a bad neighborhood for three and a half years so that I could save up money to buy a house. First thing I did after unpacking for moving in was bolster security. I changed the deadbolt on the front door and installed a locking doorknob in place of the crusty non-locking one that was here. All the windows were old, 
shitty aluminum slider style windows with horrible locks and the back door was a patio door going straight onto the deck. So I bought a hardwood 1x4 and 2x4 and cut pieces to put in the window and door tracks so that any potential intruder would have to break a window rather than simply opening one to gain entry. I'm convinced that a past tenant was a drug dealer. In the first six months, I had four separate instances of tweakers knocking on the door asking for Sam. A couple of tweakers forlornly stepped off when I told them that nobody named Sam lived there. Two others got worked up, asked where Sam had gone and where he was living, to which I responded that I had rented the place and had no idea who Sam is. After being visited by the tweakers, I redoubled my effort to ensure that all doors were locked at all times. I still forgot to lock the front door once in a while, and I had a very creepy experience one night after forgetting to lock it. I was in the middle of cooking dinner one dark evening and went to the washroom. After washing my hands and exiting the bathroom, I came to my kitchen to see a middle-aged Asian man dressed in all black coming up the stairs from the entrance into my kitchen. Who the hell are you? I asked, startling him. He said he was there to fix a toilet. I was sure I was going to die, but figured I ought to talk to the guy for a few seconds before lunging for a kitchen knife and fighting for my life. The guy explained that the landlord, Gary, had sent him to fix a toilet. I told him that Gary wasn't my landlord and my toilet was working fine. He asked what address he was at. I gave him my address, and he started profusely apologizing, saying he had the wrong address. He backed down the stairs cautiously, put his boots on, and sheepishly left the duplex. I'm still not sure if he was looking for Sam to square up some unpaid drug debts and left when he realized that Sam wasn't there. If he was looking for a woman to prey on, found me instead, and reconsidered his insidious plan. Or if he really was just some poor sap who walked into a stranger's house while on a mission to fix a toilet for Gary. But I never mistakenly left that door unlocked anymore after that. Before telling you my story, there is a few things you need to know to understand better the story. First, I'm French, so my spelling and grammar may lack a little. Also, it happened in the countryside where people don't lock their doors because they believe that no one would come in without asking. It is during summer 2019. I am in vacation in a two-story villa that my mother's friend owns. So with him... My mother, some of our friends, and I were staying in this house to rest before returning to work. After five days of living there, they decided to eat in a restaurant, but I decided to stay home. So, after they left, I stayed downstairs eating my dinner and watching TV. I had, at that moment, a bad feeling because, since I watch too many documentaries about sociopaths and read too many stories here, I was like... With my karma, maybe something will happen. Also, this house had French doors. You know, the kind of big windows you can open and use to go in and out, and the most used was the one which had a direct access to the pool in the garden. 
So this is the context of where I was, what I was doing, and what I was thinking about. After eating, I decided to go upstairs to lock myself in my room as I always did. You know, to have your own bubble. But before that, I went to check the door in front and behind the house and the windows. The problem is the door was open, but as I said before, it was something normal here so I didn't think about it too much. Then I checked the windows. One was open, but I locked it and went to my room. Another info here is that when I lock something, I always say a funny sentence like, the bunny is pink, or else so when I try to remember the memory, the action stays really clear. I always do that so to avoid doubting my own brain. During the process, I could hear noises inside and outside the house, and since it could be some auditory hallucinations, I prefer not to pay too much attention at this point. After entering my room, I called a friend of mine to have someone to discuss with. After one hour, she couldn't hear me anymore, as if I didn't have network anymore. This was weird because, during my five days in this villa, I never had problems like this. So I start to panic, because I had no one with me. Nor my phone or my laptop were functioning, and weird noises could be heard. Ten minutes later... I heard some people talking downstairs and my mother yelling my name, so I went down to see them. But I was really shocked. Why? I was the only one to have the door's key, so how did they enter? I asked and they told me. I quote in French because this sentence is still clears in my head. I don't speak French, you guys. I'm so sorry, so I'm just going to read the English version of it. You closed the doors so we would still be outside if you didn't left the window of the pool open. The window of the pool open? I am sure I closed it. I remember which sentence I said closing it before going to my room. Up till today, my mother still doesn't believe me and thinks I was just paranoid. I didn't meet anyone that night fortunately, but I am sure someone was there and nobody can make me doubt that. To be clear, since I was a child, I have lived in a house with three rooms and an attic. I have one brother and two sisters, so we had to share rooms. My sisters both got their own rooms on the second floor, and me and my brother shared the attic. Our attic has a sloping roof. When I was younger, I always saw big, round eyes under the sloping roof on the landing of the attic, similar to an owl when you can see its whole eyes. I used to think it were birds, because I always saw on TV that birds had big round eyes. But now that I am older, I know that birds could not have come under that roof. There was also nothing electronic or anything at all. During the day, it seemed quite normal, and every evening I saw them again. Now, I recently had a conversation with my mother and grandmother about this, and they told me that not only... I, but also my brother and sister saw it. My sister only can't remember it, and my brother, partly. She also said that when we were little, she sometimes went to look when we told her this, but she could not see anything and didn't think anything about it. Then, 
Suddenly, my grandmother told us that she always felt some kind of negative energy in the attic. So we went upstairs and I pointed out the exact spot. She then said that is the exact spot where she felt it and that it is still there. I'd already forgotten a bit about it, but the other day I was gaming with some friends and we were talking about paranormal experiences. So I told them a bit about it and suddenly I felt a kind of hand on my shoulder. It was already around 2 a.m. and nobody else was awake. Then I told my friends about the sudden touch and they thought I was crazy. Has anyone had further experiences with this? And does anyone know what this could have been? Does it happen to you when you're home alone or when you're with other people? So, I'm a 24-year-old male, and I've lived on my own for about two years now. I have a very small bungalow. I'm able to pretty comfortably afford in this bungalow, I have an attic area. At a guess, I'd say it's about 5 by 5 meters in size, and you can only really stand in there in the very center. Anyway, I work the night shift at a factory. I basically just sit on my phone all night. So I usually get in at around 8 a.m. I was coming home last Thursday during a heavy storm, and I got into the house and just went to sleep. When I woke up, I went on my phone and saw that I was so tired that I didn't check my notifications. I have a ring camera outside my door, which shows me anyone who would have come to my room. I saw that it had been tripped at 7.42 a.m. I got into the house at around 8.10 or 8.15 a.m. I checked the video and saw that it was a man. He was pressed right up to the door and was fumbling around with the handle. He did this for about 10 seconds until he spotted the camera. Once he did, he very quickly scuttled away. This unsettled me, but didn't entirely creep me out or anything. I got up to go make some food and discovered something in my kitchen. My back window was open. I, of course, instantly began having the thoughts of a home intruder, but slowly chilled out as I convinced myself I had left it open myself. The rest of the day consisted of this, just noticing small things that didn't seem right and scaring myself. All up until a point, I leave for the shift at 10 p.m. and I was watching some TV at 9 o'clock-ish. I spotted something that made my heart leap into my throat. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see it. My attic entrance was slowly being slid open. I can so vividly remember that I began questioning my sanity. Surely I was just hallucinating or something. I look over at it and absolutely saw something that made me so much more scared. I saw fingers wrap around the hatch and began moving it more. I didn't know what to do. I could feel the panic beginning to really get to me, and I wasn't sure if I should leave the house and call the police or if I should try and yell at whoever was up there. I chose a mixture of both. I began dialing 999 and ran to my bedroom where I could lock the door. As soon as I began running, I heard the hatch get almost tore off with the speed they moved it. 
and I arrived at my bedroom door. I looked down the corridor and watched for a second, seeing only a little slice of the blackness up in the attic, and I saw the human hands still holding onto the sides of my ceiling. I yelled, Whoever is there, I'm calling the police and I have a gun. I actually don't own a gun. If you take a step out of there, I will freaking shoot you. The adrenaline was really making my hands and voice shake, but I tried sounding as tough as I could. Then I saw something that I truly do not think I will ever forget. The hands slipped back into the darkness, and then he dropped down. I slammed my door shut and locked it as quickly as I could. The call went through and I was able to get on a line with the police and they dispatched officers to my house. I told them I didn't know if the man was armed or not and the dispatcher told me to stay on the line. I heard the man walking up to my door and rattling the door handle. He also seemingly went through my cupboards and my kitchen as I heard a lot of commotion there. Truth be told, I don't know why he stayed. I would have just left the house, but he stayed right up until the police came in and arrested him. Apparently, he was a homeless man and was armed with a knife from my kitchen and had recently been seen in the area trying to get into other houses. Truth be told, I'm very frightened to sleep still. I now sleep with my bedroom door locked and all of my windows closed. I also sleep with a knife under my pillow. I know that this is unlikely to ever happen again, but I just cannot forget the way he dropped down from my attic. So that's the story of the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. My last piece of advice, if you have a pull-down attic, make sure to climb up there and check to see if anyone is hiding. My husband works a rotating schedule, so sometimes he works night shifts, and other times he works days. Two days ago, he started his night shift rotation. I always feel uneasy at home when he's not here, even though we live in the country, and it's supposed to be safer out here. Around 9.30 Friday night, I was doing my dishes. My daughter was watching TV, and my dogs were sleeping. I had just turned the sink off and I heard our screen door open. It makes a swoosh kind of noise when it opens and closes. We have a little entryway between the screen door and the main door. A couple seconds after I heard the screen door, I saw the main door handle turn all the way down. It has an electronic keyboard lock so the handle turns even when it's locked. I feel so lucky that I remembered to lock it. Immediately, the dogs start acting weird. They're running to all the windows trying to look out and they're growling and barking. As much as I didn't want to, I looked out the window and saw nothing. No person, no car, nothing. I picked up my daughter and took her to the bedroom and called 911. It only took a few minutes for cops to get there because I guess they were just in the area. I told them what happened and they looked around briefly and told me the wind opened the screen door and nobody was out there. Whatever. I live in the woods. The person was probably standing a hundred feet away watching them, half-assed, 
their search. I haven't felt safe here since. I've even started locking the screen door. It's not like the house looked empty. All the lights were on and the TV was playing a show. I can't even describe the deep down fear I felt when I saw the door handle turn. I'm glad the dogs are very vocal and scary sounding. I think it deterred the person from trying any harder to get in. I'll try and keep this short. When I was 10 years old, my parents bought a condemned house to be renovated by us. This would be a year-long process. When it came time to sign papers for the house, the former owner nonchalantly mentions that her brother, that has been in prison for 10 years, is about to get out of prison. His name is Jimmy. She said he had somewhat of a split personality. One moment he was an angel, the next moment he had a shotgun pointed at your face. We didn't know what to expect, and as a little boy, I was a little nervous about it, and we were locked in the contract as we had already signed the papers. Months had gone by and we had been working on the house. Then, all of a sudden one day, we find that the driveway was barricaded and someone had shit on the front porch. It was Jimmy. He had put all of our construction equipment in the driveway to block us and then pinched a loaf on our porch. We called the cops, had a restraining order put on him, and didn't really see him for a while. Now, why was he in prison? He and a friend of his got drunk one night. His friend stated that he wanted to kill himself, and then Jimmy said that he would just do it for him. So Jimmy found a stick and stabbed his friend and killed him but it didn't end there. Then Jimmy poured wax over his friend's eyes, cut him into several pieces, and spread the body parts all over the town we lived in. He also killed someone out of self-defense in prison. We had finished renovating our house and were all moved in. Jimmy had not shown up for a while, which is what creeped me out. I shared a room with my brothers. This room was near the front porch, my mind played with me for a solid year. I barely slept because I thought Jimmy was outside my window, just waiting to pour wax over my eyes. A couple more months go by and Jimmy shows up one day. He wanted to come in and apologize to us for what he did to the house. My siblings and I are standing at the door, watching my dad outside talking to him. My dad said no, of course and told him to leave. That was the last time we saw Jimmy. He never really did anything to hurt us, but just the thought scared me, and it still does, for life. For a little background, I'm a 27-year-old female, and I recently just moved into a nice apartment in a safe neighborhood with my two dogs, Charles and Wigwam. Charles is a corgi German Shepherd mix and is the most loving but overly obnoxious dog while Wigwam is a Lhasa Apso who is quiet, sweet, and most definitely scared shitless of his own shadow. I've only been in my new place for about a month, 
And after this experience, I highly doubt I'm going to make it here for the duration of my year-long lease. The way these apartments are set up is that each floor has its own set of doors that lead to four apartments and a fire escape door that only opens from the inside. I'm on the back side of the building, which places my patio about 10-ish feet from the fire escape stairs. I take my dogs out three times a day, midnight being the latest I will go out by myself. And every time I leave my apartment, I put the bar lock on my patio door and lock my front door without fail. About a week ago, we had a snowstorm, and I had cracked my patio door because, well, I love cold weather, and I'm a freaking adult, and if I want to watch the snow fall, then I can do as I please. Mistake number one. I let my guard down because I'm a stubborn twat. It was around 11 p.m., and I decided that since it was getting late, I should take the dogs out for the night, and since they both hate snow, this would be a quick trip. I go to lock the patio door and decide against it because I'm on the freaking fifth floor, and I'm only going to be outside for a few minutes. I get the dogs ready, grab my keys, and lock my door as I leave the apartment. I get down to the designated pet area with my beloved, snow-hating dogs, and let them do their thing, and then back to the apartment we go and we get back in safely. Or so I thought. This is where I thought I was losing my mind. But in actuality, shit was about to get real. As soon as we walk into the apartment... My dogs run over to the patio door, and I notice the door is shut and the bar is locked. Mistake number two. I immediately think that's strange, but didn't connect the dots. I go into the kitchen to get dog treats, and both dogs start going batshit crazy and growling at a large cedar chest in my living room. And as I'm walking to see what all the commotion is about, I see a pair of eyes creeping from under the chest lid. I stood there for about five seconds before I realized what I was seeing, and calmly walked backwards to my front door, opened it, and told my dogs, let's go outside. And they ran out, without leashes, and I immediately get them and myself in my car, lock the doors, and call the police. The police show up in less than five minutes, and they go up to my apartment, and after about twenty minutes, Two officers are dragging a 40-ish year old man out of my building in cuffs, and the plot thickens. This dude had been watching me since I moved in, and had been stalking out my place, waiting for an opportunity to get inside, because he knew I lived alone. If that's not creepy enough already, he had a fanny pack since it's still 1990, and he had a pocket knife, needles, ketamine and a picture of me from the day I moved in and his plan was to sneak in through my patio door wait for me to fall asleep and God knows what else needless to say I didn't sleep for days because I thought he would come back luckily the bastard is still in jail but I'll never forget those eyes so to that dude who planned on drugging me in my sleep F you A couple years ago, my boyfriend and I went on an impromptu road trip. 
we packed up the car and the dogs and drove up to the far northern California redwoods. I was somewhat familiar with the area from the time I was a kid, and it seemed very adventurous just heading out without a true destination in mind. A couple nights in, we ended up meeting up with a friend of a friend grabbing some drinks and she invited us to crash at her house for the night. We happily took her up on the offer because it saved us from dropping money on a hotel or trying to find a camping spot. She lived in a super cool looking old Victorian house. Our friend normally had six roommates, including several guys, but since it was summertime and most of them were students, it was only her and another female roommate, plus us, for the night. We drank some beers and hung out and then went to crash. Both roommates were upstairs and my boyfriend and I, with our dogs, were crashing on a futon downstairs in a room that was right in front of the house of the front door. It was kind of a sitting room with a fireplace and big bay windows, looking out to the front yard which had a good cover of bushes. We both fell asleep easily and were in deep sleep until we were suddenly awakened by the doorbell ringing. Now this is an old Victorian, so it has an old school, deep ringing doorbell that you hear throughout the house. One of the residents of the house came down and opened the door and looked out and saw nothing. So she went back upstairs to bed. My boyfriend and I thought it was kind of weird, but you know, not our house. Maybe late night visitors were common. We fell back asleep and were then awakened again sometime later by the doorbell. We heard the roommate come down again and look outside the door and shut it. This time she walked into our room after and asked if we heard the doorbell, and we could tell she was weirded out. We told her not to open the door if it happens again, and all came to the conclusion it must be the doorbell malfunctioning or something. The roommate goes back upstairs and we fall back asleep. Next, I wake up to one of my dogs growling the most deep-throated growl I have ever heard from him. He absolutely loves people, even if they are strangers, and we live in the downtown of a pretty major city, so having him growl at something at night is not normal. We chalk it up to being in an unfamiliar house and tell him to be quiet. I fell asleep again. Next thing I know, I wake up to my boyfriend jumping out of bed and literally smacking the big bay window about five feet away from our bed and yelling. There's a man's face standing in the window, staring at us. My boyfriend immediately grabbed an axe, since we had been camping it was right at hand, and chased this guy down the street. I'm sure whoever that creep was must have shit his pants. The whole commotion woke everyone up, and we stayed up for the rest of the night, keeping guard. The scariest thing to me is that the guy was probably casing the house. If he wanted to rob it, there's no reason for High to ring the doorbell multiple times. He wanted to see if it was only the girl's home, depending on who came to the door. It still gives me the chills just thinking about it. This happened to my sister about 15 years ago when she was in high school and I was in middle school. Our mom worked as a house cleaner 
and always became good friends with everyone whose homes she cleaned. One of the homes was owned by an older couple who had no kids but had a huge house and a really nice pool that they always invited me and my siblings to come swim in. The husband worked as the COO of a large airline company, and they lived in a really nice neighborhood on a large lot with a forest of trees. When you were in their backyard, you couldn't see any other houses at all, just trees. It felt really secluded and almost spa-like with a waterfall and a short iron fence so you could have good views of the forest. Their house was really angular and architecturally interesting with multiple levels made from walls of stone, even on the inside. Pretty much every room had huge floor-to-ceiling windows that looked out over the backyard and gave great views during the day. At night, however, the reflection from the inside lights prevented you from seeing out, so it was always a little unnerving to walk by them, since you couldn't see what was out there. The couple also decorated with old Native American art and masks, which was a little creepy to a middle schooler, but the couple wasn't creepy, so I never got too scared. They had an older golden retriever dog named Samson that lived up to his name and was massive but had a sweet and gentle temperament. They also had recently rescued a husky mix named Sadie, who was quite the opposite. Psycho Sadie, as we so lovingly called her, had an intense separation and stranger anxiety. She would destroy their house when they left her inside, jump their short fence if they left her outside, and if they took her with them to run errands, she would destroy their car and howl nonstop until they returned. So, since they were wealthy and had extra money, they would pay for me or my sister to come over and dog sit while they went out. We got paid $20 an hour, so we were always excited to go over there and watch their cable and swim in their awesome pool. Normally, everything would be fine and both dogs would just lay around, but occasionally, Sadie would realize I was a stranger and go nuts and start barking at me. One time, she backed me into a corner would not stop barking, and I watched her eyes literally turn red. I was convinced she was going to attack me, but she eventually calmed down. After I got up on a couch and showed her how big, not, I was. But I digress. This particular incident happened over Easter weekend, while the homeowners were out of town for two days. They were paying my sister to stay there over the weekend, and I stayed with her the first night, because it was a big house and kind of scary to stay there all alone. And we stayed up late watching chick flicks and eating junk food. The next day, we swam in their pool and hung out for some time. I didn't spend the night again, and I am so glad I didn't, because what happened that night scarred my sister for life. It all started when my sister was working out on their treadmill. Their workout room was on the bottom floor of their home, which was a walkout basement. Just outside the room was a huge sliding glass door that opened to their patio and pool. She had the TV on in their workout room, watching the Ten Commandments, that is always on the night before Easter. As she was running, she thought she heard the house alarm beep, like it did whenever a door was opened. She stopped the treadmill and went to look around, and saw that the sliding glass door 
was open. Now, this door is huge, and there is no way it could have opened by itself. So she was instantly freaked out. However, the dogs were just laying there in the workout room, and she figured they would have gotten up to investigate if someone had come inside, since they have those kinds of instincts and because Sadie was so schizo and hated strangers. So she made excuses that she had accidentally left the door open, and she must have imagined the beep of the alarm, and it could have been the TV or the treadmill. She closed and locked the door and went back to working out. But a couple minutes later, she had a distinct feeling of someone watching her. She looked around but didn't see anyone. She finished her workout but couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. So she decided to just go to bed because she was a little creeped out and just wanted to forget about it. She went around and made sure all the doors were locked. The owners didn't give her the alarm code, so she couldn't set it. Took a shower and locked herself in the guest room with both dogs, just in case, and eventually fell asleep. A couple hours later, she awoke to both dogs growling at the door of the room. Now, it was fairly normal for Psycho Sadie to growl and bark for no reason, but Samson had never barked or shown any signs of aggressiveness at all so immediately my sister knew something was up. She was shaking and trying to convince herself that the dogs had just heard an animal and that it was nothing. But then she heard that dreadful door alarm beep. She called my dad in a panic crying and screaming, and he told her to hang up and call the police while he was on his way over. She called the cops and my dad made the 15-minute drive in under five minutes. When she opened the bedroom door to go let my dad in the house, the dogs took off running and barking through the house and downstairs to the basement. My sister ran screaming all the way through the house to the front door to let my dad in, and he took a quick look around the upstairs levels with his gun, but didn't see anything unusual. The police arrived a few minutes later and looked around and found that the back gate was open, as well as the sliding glass door again but not enough to let the dogs out. Just barely, like it had been slammed shut and bounced back open just a little. They said it did look like someone had entered the home through the sliding glass door because the lock was tampered with, but they determined that whoever it was hadn't stolen or disturbed anything. When my dad asked why someone would break in and not do anything, especially with the dogs locked up, the police said that they had been notified by the homeowners earlier that month that the husband had received a death threat because of some decision he made at his job that put a lot of people out of work. They had gone to the police about it and didn't bother to tell my sister to keep an eye out for anything suspicious. Thanks a lot for the heads up. Needless to say, we never dog sat for them again and they moved out of state within a few months because he lost his job. And he deserved it. When I was in college out of state, I stayed up at college over the summer subletting from my friend with some friends. Good times. I was working a late night afternoon slash night shift at the time, so I was at home at around 2 p.m. during the day. 
and living with a bunch of college friends, people were in and out all the time. I think I was watching something at the time, but I started hearing some banging and figured a housemate came home at an odd time and didn't think much of it. As the banging got progressively louder, I decided maybe they were locked out or something and didn't have their phone because it was getting really loud. Turns out, there was a guy actively breaking into my house through the back door. Threw on some shoes. To run, you never know. Grabbed my phone and my earbuds. With the mic. So I could call the police hands-free and chilled by the other door so I could bolt. The guy finally made it in and saw me, as I was actively talking to the dispatcher and bolted. Gave a description, heard some sirens, gave a statement. Landlords essentially nailed the back door shut until they could fix the frame and install a new deadbolt. So, I worked the night shift at a plant from 11 at night till 8 in the morning. One morning, a few months back, I came home, and when I pulled in the drive, I noticed my storm door was open, so I knew someone came by. Then my dog came strolling around the corner, wanting to be inside, so I knew someone not only came by, but they got in. Upon going into the house, I noticed some strange stuff. The first thing I noticed was my TV. See, I always leave a movie on repeat for my dog at night so she has some kind of light and noise. Well, someone had changed the movie. It was on the title screen. The movie was Predators, the remake one with Adrian Brody and Eric from the 70s show. I then noticed a garbage bag full of random clothing on my couch. It had a pair of pants, socks, a couple shirts, and a pair of work boots and shoes. These boots were size 13, so dude was fairly big, I guessed. Inside the pants were fishing lures and a box of condoms. As I investigated more, I noticed that all my Hot Pockets and frozen pizzas, and basically all my snack foods, were eaten. I then noticed a chair in the middle of the kitchen, with short brown hairs all around it, and my clippers plugged in, my kitchen counter, and a set of keys were gone. So all in all, someone broke into my house, let my dog out, cut their hair with my clippers in my kitchen, watched a movie, ate all my food, and left a bag of crap there. I guess the joke's on them, though, since I used those clippers to shave my man parts. Still weird, though. Never found out who did it. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true home invasion stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.